Uh, that's, that's, the, that's not the half of it. Mark Hankins used to preach a message called The Day Rusty Killed the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he did. I, I couldn't believe he did that. How many want to hear that story? Well, I had gotten a little rebellious <laughs> in my cowboy ways, you know. And Dad had a, Pops had a little ranch down in, in, in central Texas around Brenham. And uh, uh, the Hankins family and my aunt and uncle, they had brought a bunch of these uh, people from Southern California. They were all hippies that got saved right out of the, the hippie movement, right there on the streets, right in front of Whiskey A Go-Go and all those places. That's where they used to minister. And so they brought them all out to that ranch, and we had a catch pen. I don't know if you know what a catch pen is, where you bring cattle when you herd them up to, to put them in a truck to take them out. And they were all in that catch pen worshiping God playing guitars and just, man, I mean, and I was dove hunting that day. I mean, his dove season was over. What you going to do, you know? I mean, you go hunt doves. And so I had been out for about two hours, and, and there was a train track that ran down it. And so, you know, the grain would fall off to that, and the doves would come to that grain, so it was a good place to hunt. So I had come in and ate a sandwich, and I'd gone back out. And so there's a trailer house right here. There's a beautiful big oak tree, and there's a catch pen right here. And I'm walking around the corner, and there's a flock of doves the way they poise themselves when they come into a tree, they pull their wings back, and they just, it's really pretty. And the, all those people were worshiping God, and they saw that coming. And they were like, this is, a, this is the glory of God is fixing to hit. And I step around the corner and went, pew, 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 and killed two of them. <laughs> well... <laughs> All I can say is, if it could have been cast out that day, it would have got cast out. Because, man, they prayed for me every other way they could pray, and they bound it and cast it and threw it out, and I don't think it left. So, but anyway. <laughs> Brother Randy Ayers is our dear friend. Praise God. Where are you, Randy? Come up and bless us this morning. Give him a hand clap as he comes. Grosbeck, Texas. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be here. I tell you, God's good, isn't he? It's always a pleasure to come to Island Church. And, and uh, I remember uh, Rusty when we were, Pastor Rusty, when we went duck hunting on the island one time. And, and uh, he had that chocolate lab sugar. And, and uh, I wasn't into duck hunting until I met Rusty. And, and uh, anyway, we were sitting there and Rusty, would you have binoculars, didn't you? He was looking over or he was watching something over. He said, there's a green head mallard right over there. I'm going to go sneak up on it. And so I'm sitting there with the dog. So me and Sugar walks out there, and I'm sitting like this with my gun. And Rusty's crawling over there and, and trying to get to that duck. And uh, two black mallards, wasn't it, almost lit on me and, and me and Sugar. And uh, Sugar is looking up at him. And I, I wouldn't shoot because I didn't want to mess Rusty up. He said, it's all right. It's a cow patty. So uh, praise God. But anyway, so I didn't get the ducks either, but praise the Lord. I'm telling you, God is so good. We serve an awesome God. It's good to have my, my wonderful wife of almost 46 years, isn't it? Did I get that right? And uh, so praise God, and, and we still, we're still making it good. Hallelujah. I, uh, you know, I've been up pretty early this morning, and and uh, because what Pastor Rusty's saying about we're, we got we to have a strong confession. And uh, 
You know, I was driving into uh, my church not too long ago, and I was right before I turned over, the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and he said, he said, many Americans have never had to stand, but they're fixing to have to. And so the thing about it is, is and, and I knew he was talking about it, especially the Christian community, and uh, because there's a lot of Christians, I tell you, they don't, they don't know how to stand. Or if they do, they're just completely overlooking the fact that they have to stand. And uh, when Paul said, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore, that's what he meant. Stand therefore. And we've had plenty of opportunities to stand. And, and uh, when he was praying for healing, I'm telling you, healing, uh, you know, you, you think about healing. Of course, I've, I've been healed and Pastor Rusty and... And uh, I've heard Rusty talking about having some kind of going to Hawaii and thought he was going to die in the hotel room. And Holy Ghost said to ask him to go surfing. And he said the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, healed people, go surfing. So he went surfing. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is we, we, we either believe it or we don't. It's just, it's just that simple, right? We either believe the word or we don't. And I'm telling you something. I've been, I've been amazed totally amazed at over this past year of how many people I thought had a strong foundation. And I'm thinking, where are they? Like Pastor Sam was talking about. But the thing about it is, is you've got to live by faith. You've got to live by faith. And I'll, I want to talk about that a, a few minutes. And, and, uh, but I, I want to say this testimony real quick. And, and uh, I was, uh, we, have a, we have a little Spanish lady in our church. And uh, last year, I think it was last year, the early part of last year, and, and uh, she, uh, she got some kind of bad infection in her, her foot, and a really bad infection, to the point that they said they were going to have to amputate her foot. And, uh, and then so her son asked him, they said, we get, we'll give her, she has a 3% chance of that foot getting better. They wanted to amputate and take it off. Well, she said no. She is going to believe God. She's going to trust God. Well, they wind up having to cut some of it off, take some of the bone out. And so, you know, but the thing about this little lady, she's about that tall. Rusty would know if, he, if, he, uh, if, if, if I explained it. She's a little bit short lady. And so after they did the surgery on her, the thing was started. I mean, she just believed God and we believe God with her. And so she was a, uh, after a while she got out of the hospital, they bring her to church in a wheelchair. And they said, that thing's all wrapped up. She's in a wheelchair. And they would take her up front of the church and she'd dance in the wheelchair. I mean, they'd just dance in the wheelchair and up there she'd just be praising the Lord. Well, a few weeks later, she comes in on a cane. On a cane, just walking up there. You know where she's at? She's praising and worshiping God. Yeah, it wasn't a few weeks later she comes in with a walker. No, a walker first. It was a walker for after that. And she comes in in a walker up there praising and worshiping God. A few weeks later, she's in there on a cane. And now, she don't have anything. L listen to this. Listen to, listen to how God works. When she went back to the doctor, the doctor said, we have never seen this happen before. The bone has grown back. <laughs> and you can't keep her from that altar during praise and worship. I can assure you of that. And people may come in and think, what is she hooping and hollering about? I tell you what, she still got a foot, glory to God, when they wanted to amputate it. 
I'm telling you, we, we got to stick with this thing. I'm telling you, I'm telling God's working. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about faith a little bit this morning, and, and uh, I want to read Habakkuk 2.4. I'm just going to lead the, read the second part of that. It says, but the just shall live by his faith. But the just shall live by his faith. Shall live means this, to live, to revive, to keep alive, to stay alive, to persevere, to quicken, to repair, restore, save, or be whole. And so I figure this, if we're going to stay alive, we're going to have to walk by faith. We're going to have to live by faith. Y'all hearing me? We got to live by faith. Three other times the Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. Romans 1, uh, 17, you got it in uh, uh, three, anyway, in Galatians, it, I got it right here. Galatians 3, 11, and then in Hebrews 3, 10, 38, and Pastor Sam was over on that uh, uh, this, uh, this morning, and, uh, or last night, I'm sorry. And, uh, and it says, now the just shall live by, by faith. Is there any better time than right now? Yeah. Now the just shall live by faith. The, uh, and then I, I read, read on down as it was talking about, but the Bible says in the Message Bible, but anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. And the Passion Translation says, My righteous ones will live from my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not uh, content with them. Now, I'm telling you something. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people have let fear hold them back from walking and living by faith. I'm telling you, fear is a spirit. We're going to have to conquer that thing. We're going to have to stand against it. You, you can't allow fear to get a hold of you because it has a tormenting effect on you. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said from the start of all this since the first of the year, since all this stuff was going, I said there has not been not, not a smidgen ounce of fear in me. And I, there's that, I haven't ever, there's never been a fear to get on me to, to make me wonder what's going to happen next. And I'm telling you because I know what's going to happen next. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. If I will believe, he's going to do what he said he will do. Amen. You know, I was reading in a, uh, Psalms 119, and, and in verse 97, I was reading this, and it says this in uh, uh, 119, 97, and I always quote this quite regularly, and it says in verse 97, it says, Oh, how I love your law, we could say your word. It is my meditation all the day. It says, you, through your commandments or your word, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Your word makes me wiser than my enemies. Every time I read the Bible, I said, God, I thank you that your word makes me wiser than my enemies. I am wiser because of your word, for they are ever with me. He wasn't talking about the enemy. He's talking about the word is ever with me. Listen, the word is not going to leave you. It's going to say, you can't over OD on it. The Amplified says, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for your words are ever before me. The Message Bible says, your commands give me an edge on my enemies. Your commands give me an edge on my enemies. The Passion Translation says, oh, how I love and treasure the revelation of your word. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. By considering your commands, I have an edge over my enemies, for I take seriously everything you say. For I take seriously everything that you say. 
You know, I have found through the uh, past few years and, and especially this past year, there's a, I'm telling you, it's been a, a challenging time and uh, everybody knows it. I don't talk about it a whole lot because listen to me, I, I'd rather just preach victory all the time and, and believe the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to talk about it now, but you know, I, I, I found myself in this, uh, Pastor Rusty, it's, uh, you know, getting into it, everything going on about getting frustrated. I know, I know maybe none of y'all, but find myself getting frustrated, not, not out of faith, not a lack of faith, not, not standing and believing God and trusting God, but just getting frustrated at all the things that they were trying to get us to do and, and make us do and such as that. And, and I found myself getting very, very frustrated, getting angry and uh, not at God, not at anybody. I'm telling just the, the whole situation, y'all know what I'm talking about. And one morning I just laid in my bed, I frustrated, and I just, I just laid there and I, I, I had to go through a repentance with God. Yeah. Man, I sit there and I laid in that bed and I said, God, I'm sorry. I am sorry that I have let frustration get on me. I am sorry that I have, have been, been angry about all this stuff going on. And God, I trust you with all my heart, with all my soul and everything within me. I trust you. I had to just pull myself back into saying, God, I trust you. And I was trusting God. And we got to trust God. We got to believe God. And I'm telling you something. We got to stick with the word of God no matter what comes. No matter what, we have to stick with the God. God listen, the word. Because God's watching. What, what's God watching over? To do what? To perform it. He's going to perform his word. Is that right? I mean, we got, when we say it, we might as well act like it's going to happen. What? Come on. Listen, I, I was uh, 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 reading in Luke, and, and we're going to go to Luke chapter 1. We all know this pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well because the Word makes us wiser than our enemies. How many knows we all have the same enemy? In verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Now, you know, we really ought to pay attention to what that first part says, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, people that get into temptation, they ain't full of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes they just don't make it through or they struggle to make it through. Amen. You said, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you need to stay full. Right? You need to stay full. Yeah, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I, one thing about Pastor Rusty, he going to pray in the Holy Ghost. He going to pray in the Holy Ghost, and it don't matter if it hair lips anybody. And, you know, I just took up his, his mantle, I guess, because I'll, I'll sit up there, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. The devil said, they ain't going to understand it all. She It don't make no difference what they understand or what they don't understand. If it's real, it's real. Amen. Praise God. Why are we trying to hide something that's so valuable? Huh? It's so valuable. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We got people coming in all the time that they're not, they're not really know a whole lot about our church. And, and one thing our church does, and I don't know really why they do it, because kind of what Pastor Sam, let, let, let what happens, happens when the Holy Ghost. But they'll always, when they're telling people about our church, one of the first things they always say, well, we speak in tongues. I said, let them find out when they get there. Huh? Come on, don't, don't let that be the introduction. Although we're not ashamed of it, don't get me wrong, but they're going to say, well, we speak in tongues. 
waiting to see their reaction. Like, oh my God, they speak in tongues there? Like, like they asked one guy that went to our church, somebody asked him, y'all speaking tongues, tongues in your church? He said, y'all don't. <laughs> it's not like we are, we're the one that's wrong. You're missing out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, praying in tongues to me is wonderful. Yeah. I don't have to think about what I need to say. <laughs> I just pray and I know I'm praying right. Come on, is anybody with me? I know I'm praying right when I'm praying in tongues. The Bible says you're praying the will of God. Amen. She taught out Abasa. Huh? Yeah, so, you know, I'm telling you something. It's a wonderful thing. And Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says he was tempted 40 days by the devil. In those days, he ate nothing afterward. When they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It is written. Why? Listen to me. Remember what we read a while ago? Your word makes me wiser than my enemies. I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus, when he said, if you're the son of God, turn this bread, uh, these stones into bread. And Jesus, I tell you what, it's written. I'm going to go to what God said, and I'm going to stand against you based upon what God said. Huh, come on now, did you realize that when, when Jesus, uh, everything Jesus did was an example of what we can do and we should do. Come on now, we look at Jesus and say, well, he was the son of God. Yes, was he, was, he, was, he took on the form of a servant. He was filled with the Holy Ghost and he literally stood against the devil on the same basis in which he tells us we stand against him and it's on the word of God. Come on now, you you got to get you you got to go beyond just saying it's written. You also have to say what is written. Come on, somebody, you got to say what's written. Well, it's written. What pastor said? No, no, that ain't good enough. It's good what he said, but it ain't good enough unless you get it. See, it's got to be treasured on the inside of you. It's a treasure in you. You got to let it come out of your mouth. And I'm telling you know, I was thinking about that, and I could imagine the devil. Am I talking too fast? I told Lord, I said, if you saw my iPad after I got through preaching, you wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> and I could imagine, Pastor Sam, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil and the devil sitting there saying, if you're the son of God, turn those stones into bread. Jesus said, I tell you what, it's written. Thou shalt. It's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that precedes out of the mouth of God. And I could imagine the devil said, you got me on that one. You got me on that, buddy. Boy, you got me there. Could you imagine? You got me there. Uh, mm, let's see. Uh, then the devil taking him up on a, on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you in their glory, for this has been given, delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, listen to me, you need to have an answer. I said, you need to have, let me put it this way, the answer. I'm telling you, the Word of God gives us the answer for every circumstance and every situation, every temptation we'll ever face in our life. We have an answer. I tell you, we can't, I heard Mark Hankins say, if you don't open your mouth, you'll lose by default. And so he answered and said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. 
You got me again. You got me again. You got me again. Huh? I like to get him every day. Why not get him before he gets you? Get up in the morning talking about how your day's going to be. Come on now. Get up in the morning and say, here's what we're going to do today. In fact, the devil ought to say they're, they're stirring right now. They're, they're fisting to get out of bed right now. And I know what they're going to do. They're going to get up there and start speaking that word. They're going to start confessing of who they are. They're going to start saying, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. They're going to start saying all those things right there. I know what they're going to do. Huh? Is that what you do? Huh? Man, you got to stay on top of this thing. It makes me mad when my body hurts. Anybody besides me? It just irritates the snot out of me. It does. I'm, I'm just going to be country with you a little bit. Huh? It does. Man, if a pain, in fact, if anything starts hurting, I'm thinking, what's going on here? I ain't going to have this in Jesus' name. I remember uh, it wasn't too long ago. I was uh, weed eating at my house, and I got probably an acre and a half to uh, do, and, and I was weed eating my house, and I was, walk, I was walking out there, and, and all of a sudden I felt something's going on with my leg. It just started getting bigger and bigger, and I'm walking out there, and I'm thinking, what is going on here? And I stopped looking at my leg, and it was getting, and then finally I couldn't even bend it up. I mean, it was literally just swelling, and I, I'm just weed eating. Minding my own business, praising the Lord. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I finally thought, well, I got to go look at my leg and find out. I had long pants on. We didn't. And so I walked in the house and, and I told Linda, I said, I don't know what's going on with my leg, but I can't hardly bend it. And it feels so tight. And so I, of course, pulled my pants down and looked at it. And my leg was huge. And I thought, what in the world? So I started rebuking it in the name of Jesus, whatever it was, speaking the word of God and speaking the life of God in it and declaring. Uh, and of course, you know what the first thought came to my mind, blood clot. Isn't it amazing how the devil would just try to get you to latch on to something? I'm not one of these self-diagnosing people. I don't Google the symptoms. I cast them out. Huh? Good Lord, there ain't no sense in my mind running off. Huh? And all of a sudden, it just starts turning black and blue. I'm talking about just right in front of your eyes. I mean, and it's still hurting. And I, I got up, I pulled my pants up, and Linda said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to finish with you. Y'all look at me shocked. I went and finished weed eating my yard. Went back in there, and it's just, I'm talking about by now, this thing is huge, and it's black and blue running, I mean, all down my leg. You said you went to the doctor. Did you know that? No, I didn't. For 11 days. Why are y'all quiet as a mouse in here? <laughs> I'm talking about me. <laughs> but I started coming again. I never, I never would say, I wouldn't never speak blood clot. Never would do it. And Linda wouldn't either because obviously the devil was telling her the same thing. And so I, I would lay my hands on it constantly. I'd say, I rebuke this in Jesus' name. And I'd rebuke blood clots, by the way, because I, that's what. But anyway, about 11 days later, I finally went because, and I'm not going to say why. It's uh, because some love people who love me very much <laughs> was looking at my leg 
And, and I, I'm, I, nothing slowed me down. I'm still going, doing everything I've ever done, feed cows, horses, all that. I'm doing, doing all that. And I would just rebuke you. I said, in Jesus' name, I'll not have it. I'll not have it. I'm not going to have it. In Jesus' name, I won't have it. But after, I think it was 11 days, of, and we got nurses in our, yeah. in, our, in our church, and they said, you need to tell him he needs to get to the emergency room. So I did. I went to the emergency room and, and Waco, and, and uh, finally they got in there. The weirdest thing, run that thing on your leg to check for them blood clots, and I don't know if you had it and stuff like that. And so we go in there, and, and we go, I go in there and sit wait five hours later and sitting there, and I'm thinking, I am healthy. And that doctor come in and said, I tell you, if my daddy, I'd be doing the same thing. He was a young missionary's guy, a son. Anyway, they said, well, there's no blood clots. I said, I know what. Now, I'm not saying that God didn't do a miracle in there. That God didn't do a miracle, but God, God probably did do a miracle and dissolved them things. So when he got through and all said and done, they took all my blood work and everything else, and he patted me on the foot when he got through and he looked at me and said, you're a very healthy man with all my blood work. You know, but the thing about it is we got to understand something. I'm not telling you to do what I did. That's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you to believe God instead. But, but, but in, here's what you, we ought to be doing instantly when, the, when, the, when the, the, the thought comes or we were to start counteracting it. There's got to be a counteraction to it. In other words, I kind of uh, said it like this many times. And Jesus, when the devil comes up here and starts telling him what to do, well, he sit there and say, well, here, I tell you what, this is what you want me to do, but I must stay with what God wants me to do. We're going to stay with what God wants me to do. I'm not going to worship you. I'm only going to worship God. I'm, I'm not going to worship anything else. I'm going to worship God. And when you think about it, this was Jesus. This was the Word of God. I told our church the other day, you'd think Jesus, the Son of God, would never have to deal with the devil. He would just stay away from him. He'd say, don't go there. But he went there. And Jesus gave us the example that we need to live by in our lives. That when Listen to me. That's why Paul said casting down imaginations and everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God we, and bringing it into captivity to the Word of God. Yeah. Listen to me. It's, it's kinda, I kind of look at it like, anybody ever play chess? I used to play it. Didn't really, I, I wasn't no good at it, but I used to play it just to kill time in school. But I found out this, once somebody moves, then they can't move till you move. And I kind of found that the devil can put a thought to you. But the thing about it is, he just kind of sits back and see what you're going to do with it. What are you going to do with this thing? You, are you going to meditate on my thought? Are you going to say, hey, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I don't think that way. That is not my thought. I'm not going down that pathway. I'm going to stay with the word of God. Come on now. For by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Huh? When my wife, 11 years ago, back in February, was diagnosed with a major brain tumor. I'm telling you something. You said, what would y'all do? We stayed with this book. We stayed with the Word of God. We stayed with the Bible. Come on, somebody. This is, this is our lifeline. And we got to grab hold of it. Huh? Listen, the devil will make you play a movie in your mind. But you got control. You got the remote control. There's a stop button to that. But you have to push it. I said, but you have to push it. Huh? You don't have to watch that movie. 
You can say, no, 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 I'm not going down that road. I remember praying for a lady years ago, and uh, 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 Pastor Rusty knows Jack Smith's church very well. And uh, this lady was, uh, and just in the, my preaching, I was preaching, and uh, the Lord told me to call her up there and, and minister to her. And, uh, and I, when I called her up there, I just began to say what the Holy Ghost said. I said, the devil is showing you laying in a hospital bed. She was sitting there. And I just started describing what the devil's showing her. It's crazy. It's word of wisdom, word of knowledge. And, just, and I started explaining to her what the devil's showing her, yeah. not even knowing anything about her. And next thing, and she, she, she's going through all this deal, and I went through all this deal, and then I laid my hands upon her and rebuked it. She had some kind of disease that, that they said she was going to be in a, she, she be in a, a wheelchair or bed. She was going to be bed fast and everything else. And did you know what? That's, how many years ago has that been? 10, 15 years ago or 20 years ago? Many years ago. I was at a flea market the other day, and guess who came up and talked to me? That lady. That lady talking to me. Listen, the devil tried to get her to play something in her mind, yeah. to, to get her to, to see a movie. I tell you what, I found out I can shut that movie off. Come on, now, I can shut that movie off. Praise God, I don't think that way. That's not the way I think. And you say, do you ever have to cast down imaginations? Every day, every stinking day, I hate it. My, I say, I'm tired of doing this, bless God, but I'm going to keep casting them down. Hey, have you ever thought you've got, you're over this one? And you're just minding your own business, praising the Lord. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, that thought of that person had done you wrong. Yep. Yeah, and you get all fuzzy again. I'm telling the truth. You say, what do I do, preacher? Cast it down again. Listen to me. You, 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 you've got to outlast the devil. You, you've got to be stronger. You've got to have more stamina than the devil. Because I'm telling you, every time the devil brought a temptation to Jesus, he just said, it is written, told him what was written. And next thing you know, for it was all of a sudden, the devil said, ah, <laughs> He left him for a season. Huh? He finally said, it ain't going to work. He ain't going to eat no bread. He ain't going to worship me. And he ain't going to accept all my offer for all the kingdoms of this world. He's not going to do it. He's going to stay with God. He's going to stay with the Word. That's the way the devil needs to be weird towards us. Well, I tried this. I tried that. I tried this. I tried this over here. And I can't do nothing with you. Man, it's bad when the, you get up in the morning, devil's going, I'm going to get him today. Huh? You know, he's, the, the, he, y'all got to understand, I'm not exalting the devil. He's a loser. He's a lost. Jesus disarmed him and defeated him. You know, if I had to get in a boxing ring and the boxer come out with no arms, and no, no feet, I wouldn't be quite as scared as I would if he had arms and feet. Huh? When I'm talking about no arms, I'm talking about no arms. I'm not about nubs. They beat you to death with a nub. 
I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you know, I was in a wrestling team, and one time I had to wrestle a guy with, oh, he didn't have any arms, he just had nubs. And he said, I was kind of embarrassed to have to uh, wrestle him because I kept, felt bad for him. He said, but you know he beat me. <laughs> huh? I wouldn't have told that story. It would have been different when I told it. I felt sorry for him. I let him win. Huh? And so the thing about it is, is we've got to understand something. The devil's not all powerful, but God is. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead's right here. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Come on now. The Bible says how God, uh, listen, uh, uh, Jesus' Bible says he was sent to destroy the works of the devil. So what does that mean? Every person he healed, every person he delivered, he was undoing what the devil had done. How in the world can people say, well, God's doing this and God's doing that? Let me tell you something. God has nothing to do with this pandemic. He has nothing to do with COVID. He has nothing to do with anything that's going on to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm telling you, God is a good, 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 good God. Good Father, glory to God. Don't put no blame on him. I'm telling you, we, you, you know, we, we got to let what Jesus, we, we can't let our circumstances change what Jesus said. We have to let what Jesus said change our circumstances. And I'm telling you, Jesus stood, he stood the test. He, he stood against the temptation the devil brought him, and we can do the same thing. If you was to go right on down in, in the same chapter, is this all right? Am I... This was after, but, but if, you, if you keep reading that, you'll find out that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He went in full of the Holy Ghost. He came out full of the Holy Ghost. How are we coming out? Huh? If you go in full, come out full. Huh? When you, come, when you go to church, you're becoming in the power of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Some people drag into church saying, oh, you, you, they smoke coming off of them. I'm telling you that, that you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't paint a smile on their face. Not y'all. Huh? I'm telling you, I like it when people walk in church and you say, how are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored to God. Thank you. Amen. Expecting something good to happen today. Instead, of you get stuck with them for 30 minutes talking about all their problems. Excuse me, I got to go. Thank you. But listen, listen to this. In verse 31, it says, And when Jesus went down to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and was teaching them in the, on the Sabbath, and they were, listen to this, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. His word was with authority. Isn't that what ours has to be with? Authority. We have to have authority. We have to speak in, on the level of our authority that Christ has given us that authority. And it goes on to say, and they were astonished at his, verse 33, now in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon and he cried with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. 
And when the demon had thrown him in the midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed. Listen to this. And they all were, all were amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report went uh, about him uh, uh, out into every place in the surrounding region. So here's Jesus, and that's exactly the way he dealt with the devil on the Mount of Temptation, with authority, with power. We have to do the same thing today. Can I read a couple of translations of, of, uh, uh, of those verses? The Amplified says this in verse 30 of 32. It says, For his word was with authority and ability and weight and power. Weight, the word has weight to it, power to it. Amen? That's why when we speak the word of God, I'm telling you something. The word of God is like medicine to all our flesh. And like Pastor Rusty gets y'all to confess and such as that, it's medicine. And this is the gospel. The gospel, you have to take the medicine, amen? You have to uh, speak the word and declare the word of God. It says in the Message Bible, I really like this one of, of verse 36. It says, that set everyone back on their heels when they seen what he did. That set everyone back on their heels, whispering and wondering, what's going on here? Someone whose words make things happen. <laughs> Somebody's words makes things happen. Does your word make anything happen? Something's happening. Amen. Listen to me. You said, well, I don't see anything happening. Who said you had to go by what you see? Well, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. The word of God will change what you see if your focus is not on what you see and on what God says in his word. See, we need to see what God sees and how God sees. It said, his words make things happen. Listen to what it says. Someone who orders demonic spirits to get out and they go. Now listen to this. Jesus was the talk of the town. It's about time the church becomes the talk of the town. Jesus becomes the talk of the town. You get around them and they're going to do nothing, but they're going to be speaking the word of God. I know what they're going to do. They're going to preach to me. They're going to tell me what Jesus says. Well, what's better? What's better? I was in the uh, Brookshire's the other day. That's a grocery store in our little town. Well, by the way, some of you don't know where Grosbeck is. We're like 4,300. We're a little country town. Of course, Rusty's been coming since 1985. And so we knew him right, right and, and I, I remember the fro. And uh, he, uh, uh, Effie Ward, Effie, he may know Effie Ward. And I, he, came to our, he came to our town, and, and uh, what was I starting before that? Oh, grocery, I'll come back to Brookshire's. I'll come back to Brookshire's. But Effie Ward told me, he, he knew some people in our church, and he told me, he said, uh, uh, I got this young man I know, and you were to have him in your church. Well, I'm taking a side trail with y'all, ain't I? You're to have him in your church. Pray about it. Call him up. Here's his number. Well, back when I first started, I, I, I regret it, but I didn't pray about very few people I had in. If they said, if they said you need them, I had them. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> I just felt they knew more than I did. If they think I were to have them, I'll have them. Glory to God. And there's been many times I thought, oh, Jesus. So I never met Rusty, never, all I had was his phone number. So I called Rusty up and said, listen, told him other things, come to Groves. And he was right out of Bible school. And, uh, and so he, uh, he came, we had him scheduled for four services, Sunday through Wednesday. 
I've never met him, never seen him, just on Effie Ward. And I didn't know Effie Ward very good at all. <laughs> Not that much. I mean, he, I knew he was a man of God and a prophet of God, and I thought, well, what the heck? <laughs> so it was on the summer, I think it was in the summer, and it was because it was in the summer, and so so I was at church and, and I was sitting in my office and, and Rusty comes in and he walked he he walks in my office door and he had Blues Brothers glasses on, an afro, and when I looked over there I went to myself. Oh my God. Oh, my God. Man, I, I mean, I, I, I'm glad I didn't say that out loud. But, and he carried the same coat, I, the same sports coat he had. I had the same one to wear. Yeah. And I'm telling you something, when he started ministering to our church, we, we, were, we were hooked. We were connected. I mean, I'm talking about we had some of the greatest, I mean, in Grosbeck, Texas, we had full houses every single service that he preached for years. For years. And, uh, and the one thing about Rusty, I know I'm talking about Rusty. He's your pastor. Y'all love him. Everybody knows him so much. But he never talked about his ministry. This was when he was traveling. Never. It was all about, about your church, about building the church. Always, always. And that's why he's where he is today. That's why he is where he is today. But I was in Brookshire's the other day, and, and we have a lady that's battling, uh, been battling cancer uh, of the liver. And, and uh, she got a clean bill of health what, uh, last year or two years ago, and then all of a sudden it comes back. And uh, we hadn't seen her in a while, so she was there. So she came in. A, uh, she, I was over in the uh, a meat department, and I seen her. And so I went over there and talked to her a little bit, and I was talking to her. And she was talking about her symptoms, stuff like this. So, you know, right there in Brookshire, there were people walking by. I laid my hands upon that woman. And I, I, I wasn't trying to be quiet about it. I prayed. I, I prayed. I prayed the word. I started praying the word of God. But here's what was interesting. You know when you're praying for something, if you got your eyes open, you can see people? So I had my eyes open. He said, watch and pray. And so, uh, and so I was laying my hands, and I was speaking the word, and, and I could see a lady down the aisle. She was sitting there like. And then I could see somebody out of the corner where I was standing over here, lady. And I, I was laying hands on her, I was praying, I was praying the word of God over. And when I got through praying, the lady that was over here was right here with her hand on the other shoulder. Praying. I didn't know her. And neither did Teresa. Neither one of us knew her. She saw me praying and come and got with me. Huh? Man, there's people everywhere. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. You know, we, we got to be bold about what we believe. Pray for them. Pray in the supermarkets. You know, several years ago, several years ago, I started having problems with my throat. And I couldn't hardly preach. I couldn't hardly talk because, you know, I, I, I preach so soft. <laughs> <clears throat> Jill Spring used to say, I like to watch you preach because I think your head's going to explode any minute. <laughs> and so I started de dealing with my voice, and I couldn't hardly talk. I mean, I, I, I had to decide, am I going to sing and praise and worship or am I going to preach because I couldn't do both? If I sang praise and worship, I would be so hoarse I couldn't even talk. 
And so I finally went to the uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor, and, and he, uh, he looked at it. Now, of course, I was speaking to it. I was speaking to it. I didn't know what was wrong. But I was still speaking to my throat, laying hands on it, declaring my healing and such as that. And, and uh, so when I went, he went in there and he said, there's an ulcer on your vocal cord. And, and uh, the thing about it is, he said, if, if, it don't, if it don't go away in, I think it was, if it don't go away in six months, we'll have to do a biopsy or three months, something like that. We'll have to do a biopsy and see what it is. And uh, here's, here's, here's how the devil works, Rusty. Remember Billy Joe Daltrey passed away with throat cancer. I wouldn't think I wasn't thinking about Billy Joe Daltrey, but the devil brought it up. He brought throat cancer up. Isn't it crazy? He brought it up. You said, "What'd you do?" I cast it down. I said, "It's not with me. It's not with me. It's not with me." And so when I went, so when, here's what I know: the Bible says, "Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea." Well, I had something to speak to now. I had an ulcer. I lay and I cursed that ulcer to the roots, commanded it to wither and die in the name of Jesus. I'd have to go back every month and see him. Or it, yeah, it was every month. And so I went back the first month and I, he's a Christian guy. And so I went in there and uh, he, uh, he looked at it and he said, well, it's a little better. Two months, him, he's a little better. Three months, the third month, I told Linda that morning, I said, he will tell me today it's gone. He will tell me that it's gone. I had every symptom of it being there. Every symptom I had of it being there. Every one of them. Like, I mean, just like at the start. And I said, no, he's going to tell me it's gone today. I walk in there. He run that scope down there, and he leaned back against the desk and looked like this. And I said, it's gone. He said, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. You know, the thing about it is, I could have, you know, I don't, you know, I just made up my mind that I was going to stick with what I was saying. That I was going to stick with what I was saying. And when he told me it was gone, I knew it was gone. But the devil tried to make me think it was still there. I went to the emergency room not too long ago and uh, about having real bad chest pains and, and such as that. Of course, you got to understand, I'm, I'm talking the word all the time. I went and there's, I'm not opposed to doctors. Luke was a doctor. God uses doctors. The woman with the issue of blood might have died if she hadn't had doctors helping her stay alive for 12 years. Who knows? But the thing about it is, I went, I get up there on the bed, and, and the, the, the doctor comes in here and he orders uh, an IV to go in me, and he said, and put blood pressure medicine in. And I said, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'm not going to take that. He said, why not? I said, because I don't have high blood pressure. That's why. He said, well, that monitor says you do. I said, but I say I don't. My blood pressure's never high. The nurse, when he walked out, Rusty said, good call. <laughs> Didn't she? I don't know if they heard him because she was right in my ear. Good call. After a while, he comes and he said, I'm going to send you home and I'm going, to, I'm going to give you some blood pressure medicine. I said, I'm not going to take it. I said, because I don't have high blood pressure. I could have looked at monitor and said, oh, my God. Now, this is me. I go home about two hours later, got a blood pressure deal, put that blood pressure on, perfectly normal. What would have happened if they had shot that in me? It would have shot up, even though it was up. I don't know about all this stuff. All I know 
is I speak over my body all the time, so my blood pressure normal, blood sugar's normal, cholesterol is normal, every organ in my body functions properly and effective in Jesus' name. There'll be no malfunction in Jesus' name. My eyes are not dim, hearing not dull. Five senses are strong in Jesus' name. I just go through the list. Huh? But in closing, the whole, the whole thing that, that I want you to understand is the Word of God makes you wiser than your enemies. Than your enemies. It makes you wiser. You ever say that every time you get to read the Word of God, it's wiser than enemies. Can I pray for real quick, just some, just as overall? Because, you know, we can say this and most people will probably stand up and, or maybe stand up and I don't know. But the Lord said, showed me this morning, there's, there's people when he said have, have shrunk back in fear. They, they still go to church, but when they're in their home and stuff, they're, they're in fear. They're in fear. That's a spirit. We have authority over that. We can break it right here. It can be broke right here. It, it, fear has torment. If you're, if you're one of those and fear has just got a grip on you and you just say, I hate this, would you stand to your feet? Because today's your day. Today's your day. I can tell you, they're, you're, they're, you're here, but I won't sit here long. You're here. God showed me this this morning. Are you standing up back here? Hallelujah. You ready to get delivered from that? Well, you're fixing to get delivered from it. And about three or four others of you could too if you'll just stand your feet in faith. There you go. I'm not trying to pull on anybody. I'm just wanting you to get help while you're here. While you're here, there ain't no sense in you going home like this. You're not gonna leave like you came in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. This lady, would you stand back up right here? Would some of you ladies turn around to this lady right here and pray for her? There's a lady right here. Would some of you right there lay, lay hands on this lady right here? And this lady right over here, lay your hands on them. Because you have authority just like I do. We're going to pray for them right now. Father, we pray for these that have stood up, that have uh, been bound by fear. We break the power of fear right now in the name of Jesus. We serve notice on you, devil. These, these are children of God. They belong to God. They belong to the kingdom of light. And therefore, light is, 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 is forcing darkness out in the name of Jesus right now. Father, I thank you for the anointing of God that's moving mightily on the behalf of these ladies right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the power of God, the anointing of God going into them now in Jesus' name. God, we say they will be fear-free in Jesus' name. They will not be tormented from this day forward in Jesus' name. They will stand and have a strong stand against the devil in Jesus' name. Father, we thank it as they go into their home. Life's going in their home. Power's going into their home in Jesus' name. Wherever they go, God, they're not going to shrink back in fear, but they're going to launch out in faith in the name of Jesus. There's going to be a launching out. Father, we thank you for the power of God that's being released right now. The blood of Jesus covers them. The power of God flows through them. And greater is he that's in them than he that is in the world. Today is delivering day for them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We pray and everybody say amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is good, isn't he? Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, we're honored to be here. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor. Thank you all for allowing me to speak to you this morning. Hallelujah. And God, so, God is so good. Let me say this. Why don't you stand on your feet because Christopher's fixing to come and minister to us. Let me say this to you because many times this is not said, but it needs to be said. Brother Christopher Alam will stand in front of thousands of people who do not know Jesus. And Jesus will show up and do signs, wonders, and miracles, and many people will get saved. But you have to understand that is a different dynamic than that in which operates in the church. Those people don't, the, the resident in them is not the power of God, but resident in you is the power of God. And see, a lot of times I think we get in our minds, well, why, why, doesn't, why doesn't Christopher just come and, and do a meeting and everyone get healed like they do? And Because that's not the dynamic. That's not the dynamic of healing that works in the church. The dynamic of healing, and thank God, listen, church, God's been merciful to us to allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate in the church, and I believe they're going to increase and get even stronger because it's not going to be for the church. It's going to be for the people that are coming into the church out of the fear of what's going on in this world. But in the meantime, listen, church, you're going to have to stay healthy. You're going to have to stay healthy by giving your physical health over to the Lord and allowing the Lord to be your confidant. I was sharing with somebody about a healing I had a while back. But with every attack against my body, I ask God, what do I do? I don't, I don't panic and I ask him, what do I do? What do I do? And one of the worst times, one of the sickest I'd ever been, the Lord told me, you stand on the word. And I'm telling you, I had to do it from September of 1993 to, to January of 1994 with, with malaria about to kill me. And I never, I didn't cancel one meeting. And you know, we, I tell the testimony of how I got healed. And the Lord spoke to me when I was in Hawaii and said, healed men go surfing. But what I don't tell many times is laying in the bed one morning with five or six guys out of my front yard, four o'clock in the morning, I'm supposed to take them all duck hunting that day. And it's like 30 degrees with like a 30 mile an hour wind blowing. And the Lord spoke to me, healed men go hunting. Well, I went hunting sick, came back sick. Stayed sick for another two months. But I went hunting. It wasn't pleasurable. It wasn't fun. I'll never forget waking up that afternoon in the Sheraton Makaha. I mean, that next morning. I remember rolling up that night. I literally thought I was going to die. My, my heart was pounding in my chest. I would have these incredible rushes of, uh, of heat and then these incredible rushes of, of, I'd get so hot I couldn't get cool, and I'd get so cool I couldn't get warm. And that was day after. I'd be in meetings and be laying hands on people and see their symptoms would just go like that, like that. And I'd get back to my hotel. I'd be so sick. I'd just roll up in the, roll up in the, did it day after day after day. Well, other time I, I had a bad pain in my side. The Lord said, go, go to the hospital. And I rebuked the devil. The Lord said it to me like this. Go to the hospital. You have appendicitis. I remember I said, you lying devil. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I don't have appendicitis. And then about an hour later, I mean, it was even worse. And the voice spoke to me and said, go to the hospital. You have appendicitis. I said, you lying devil, get out of my life. I don't have appendicitis. At noon, I'm doubled up on the bed. The voice spoke to me and said, 
get up, go to the hospital, do you have appendicitis? I said, yes, Lord, I am on my way. <laughs> You've got to find that path. But in the meantime, build your confession of faith now. Speak every day over your body. And if you have a particular issue with your body, you target that issue with the Word of God and you speak to it. Now, here's the thing about having a diagnosis. If you've got a diagnosis, you've got a name. Woo, now, now the devil's in trouble. I said, now the devil's in trouble. You say, why? Because you got the name that is above every name. If it's diabetes, you speak to say diabetes. You are invading. You are trespassing in the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I rebuke you. You say, how long do I have to do that? You don't have to do that no more. We need to be healed and stay healed in this season in which we're in. Because I'm telling you, people, this, this medical thing is, is, is terrible. And people need to, and listen, don't, don't fall on one side or another. As, as, as Pastor Sam was saying, let's stay with the Word of God. Amen. Lift your hands. Father, we worship you. We glorify your name. You're glorious in our midst. We declare the spirit of fear broken. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love, a sound mind. We shall not fear the plans of our enemy, for we know our God has already given us the victory in Jesus' precious name.